Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. For the last four weeks, we have been on a journey looking at the purpose of our congregation. Our purpose here, we believe that we are alive in Christ and we live that out in worship, groups, and in the community. We believe that God gives us life. God creates our lives. God gives us breath and sustenance of life. And it is the Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, who gives us the gift of eternal life. He lives and gives life to us, and we receive his life. And then we live out that life with one another, being for one another and with one another as our God is for us and with us. Now today we look at this final environment where we believe we most experience and live out this life in Christ, and it is this, in the community. In the community. That word community can mean a lot of different things in our English language. What we mean by it here at Saints Peter and Paul is it is everything that happens when we step foot out of this building into this world. When we go and we live as people who are alive in Christ, we do it in the community, for the community, with the community. In and for and with. We are in it. We are for it. And we are with it. This is how it works. Living people who love one another reproduce and multiply. Do you know this? This is what God commanded people to do. In the very beginning, when God had Adam and Eve, what was his command to them? What was their task? Be fruitful and multiply. After the flood, the earth needed to be repopulated. So you know what God said to Noah and his family? Be fruitful and multiply. He, in a sense, said it to Abram and Sarah, your descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And Jesus, in a sense, repeated the same word in the Great Commission when he said, make disciples of all nations. This is how it works. Living people who love one another reproduce and multiply. And I'm not just talking about biological reproduction here. We are talking about reproducing and multiplying disciples, that is, followers, believers of Jesus Christ. This is how it works, and this is how we live it out here at our church. God gives us life. Jesus Christ comes to us when we are dead in our sins and trespasses, and he makes us alive in his name. We're alive in Christ. And then he drips sweet life and forgiveness into our lives. And then as we talked about last week, we take Jesus at his command to love one another. And so as we've been loved, we love one another. And as we love one another, the natural byproduct of living people who love one another is the reproduction and multiplication of followers of Jesus Christ. Just as husbands and wives will likely have children, so too it should be that disciples of Jesus Christ raise up the next generation of disciple makers. Do you hear what I said there? Disciples, followers of Jesus Christ, need to raise up the next generation, not only another generation of disciples, we need to raise up a generation of disciple makers. 
Because if we don't raise up disciple makers, Christianity will die out with our generation, right? So you need to be a disciple maker and raise up other disciple makers. But as we're doing this, as we're teaching and training one another what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus Christ, we don't just have conversations with people who already know Jesus. Our job is a both and. It is discipling and training those who know Jesus so that they can do the same for others, but it is also at the same time important that we have conversations with people who don't yet know Jesus. In church words, sometimes this is called evangelism. Evangelism literally means, from the Greek language, spreading the good news, the good news of Jesus. Evangelism, that's the church word, tell other people about Jesus. In real people terms, what this means is real people who have a real relationship with God, living real life in a real world with real people, all the while making known the name of Jesus Christ. Here's the deal. If you know someone who doesn't yet know Jesus Christ, guess what? God has you in relationship with that other person for the purpose of making his name known to that person, to demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ. But some of you might ask, Pastor, how am I supposed to start I don't even, I don't know how to begin that conversation to tell somebody about Jesus. How do I move the conversation from small talk to substantive talk about Jesus? I don't want to oversimplify it today, but I truly believe that conversation needs to begin with prayer, with your own personal prayer. That's not a cop-out answer. It's not to oversimplify it. But evangelism, reaching out to your neighbors and friends who don't know Jesus, begins with prayer. And this is what we see Jesus modeling today for us in John chapter 17. We just read all those words together, John 17. This is a heartfelt prayer from Jesus Christ. As he is in the midst of his disciples and they are listening on, Jesus is praying this prayer. And just think about what he's been through in the last couple of hours. This is the night that Jesus is betrayed. And you know what has happened to him so far? So far, this night that he's been with his disciples, he washed their feet. He gave them the last supper. He told them that Judas would betray him and now Judas has already left the room to go do just that thing. He already told Peter that Peter would deny him this night. All of these things have happened. And then in the midst of his beloved friends, Jesus just lifts up his eyes to heaven and he starts praying for them. Let's take a look at some of the words that Jesus prays in this prayer. I, I want to read to you first from uh, verses 6 through 9. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now, they know that everything that you have given me is from you, for I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they actually believe that you sent me. Now, Jesus says, I am praying for them. He's talking about his disciples, the small group. I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world right now. 
but I'm praying for those whom you've given me, for they are yours. Do you see this? Before praying for the world, Jesus prays just for his disciples who are sitting amongst him. Powerful. Can you imagine being there? And then Jesus expands his prayer later on, and he does pray for all of the people that the disciples will eventually go to. Verses 18, 20, and 21 says this, As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us and that the world may believe that you sent me. So at first he's praying for his disciples and then he says, I'm praying for everybody who will receive my word through their lips. Jesus has poured his life into these disciples and now he's praying that what was done in them would be done through them for the world, that the world might be made alive in Christ. And this is what Jesus says in the very, at the very end of this prayer. Jesus wants the people to be alive in him. He says this, I made known to them, and he's talking about the disciples again, I made known to them your name, and I'm going to continue to make it known that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. Jesus desires that his life and his love would be in them and through them to the ends of the earth. Do you see it? Do you see it? Jesus is for you. And Jesus is with you so that you can be for and with the community in which you live. Jesus wants you to go into the world as someone who is fully alive in Christ. And therefore, you have been commanded and sent by him purely by believing in Jesus. If you say, I am a Christian person, by nature of that declaration, you have been commanded and sent to be a witness to the world, to live in Jesus Christ in the world for the sake of the world, that the ends of the earth may know the name of Jesus Christ. It is your command by being a Christian. This is what God has sent you to do. And as you go, you don't need to save the whole world. You don't. You just need to be fully present in the world in which you live, which I think is very, very hard for most of you. I've said this multiple times in this series. I think one of the biggest problems of 21st century Americans, me included, is that we are distracted and we are not living fully present lives. We're oftentimes not fully present in our relationship with God. How often do you just pause and be in God's presence? We are oftentimes not fully present with our families. We are distracted. We got the next thing on our minds. We're not fully present with our neighbors or our coworkers. We're not. And if we can't be fully present with God or our families or the people that we live close by, how in the world are we supposed to be fully present with those who don't know Jesus and to be patient with them and to make known his name to them? This is one of our biggest problems is to be fully present in the world. I'm not sure what you would say if I asked you, uh, what is your purpose in life? <laughs> I wonder what you would ask. You just put the answer in your head. What is your purpose in life? 
I think a lot of you might be struggling to figure that out right now. And some of you that have an answer, you might say, well, it's to, to, to take care of my family, to go to work, make money, so that I can take care of them. Those are good things to do. You should do all of that. But I'm going to go above and beyond that, and I'm going to say your purpose for existence, your purpose for existing in this world is to make known the name of Jesus Christ wherever you go, whenever you go, to the ends of the earth until the whole world hears. You've got jobs to do. You've got places to go. Of course, do those things. But in it all, make known the name of salvation and life that comes only through Jesus Christ. It is your reason that God gave you life in the first place. You live in this world for the sake of this world, to be with this world in, for, and with the community. (laughs) You know what I love about this church? When there is an urgent need and we make it known to you, this church responds. I love that. I love it. This last week, I sent an email out to a, to a group of people. Uh, we have a work project coming up for a member of our church who needs some help around, around their house. And I sent out a blast to a number of people and I said, hey, can you help? I don't have a date. I don't have a time. Can you help? Within minutes, I had a number of responses saying, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. I love it. You respond to urgent needs. But what if I asked you, what is the most urgent need of all people at all times? What's the most urgent need? That people have a right relationship with God, their creator. Yeah, it is. That is the most urgent need of all people, that you have a right relationship with God, your creator. So what if I sent you all an email And I said, there is somebody in your life who doesn't know about Jesus, who needs to have the good news of salvation spoken into their life. Who will go? Who will speak? How many of you would respond, I'll go, I'll speak. See, I believe that this day even, this day, today, September 29th, I believe that you're going to be in relationship with people today who need to hear and receive the life and love of Jesus Christ. So what are you going to do? Will you spring into action and live as someone who is alive in Christ? Will you speak of his love that is available free of charge? Will you? And again, I think maybe a lot of you are sitting there going, oh, pastor, I would love to. I just don't know how. What do I say? How do I start? Like Jesus. Start like Jesus. Start with prayer. See, this is what we read in John 17. Start with prayer. Start with prayer. What does your prayer life look like? When you're praying to God, what do you pray for most often? I think a lot of us pray, you know, Lord, help me through the day. Watch over my my family and my loved ones. Keep us well. You know, provide for my needs. I don't know what your prayer life looks like. Those are great things to pray. But what if you included in your prayer this? Lord, today use me. Use me, Lord, in whatever way 
that you've got in store for me. Give me your eyes, Lord, just for a second so that I can see everything that I've been missing in this world when I've been distracted and busy. Lord, just use me. Can you add that to your prayer list? (laughs) You see, I think if you pray like that, it will change you. If you pray intentionally, Lord, I want to be your hands and feet in this world. If you pray that, he is going to open up your eyes to opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to live and love in the name of Jesus Christ. I know he will. So pray for yourself. That's okay to do. Pray, Lord, use me. But then also pray for the people in your life who God will send you to. Nod your head, if you will. Nod your head if you know somebody who doesn't know Jesus. I didn't say nod off. I didn't say fall asleep. We're almost done here, I promise. Nod your head if you know somebody who doesn't know Jesus. If you're not nodding your head, get out in the world and go meet somebody, okay? Here's what I want you to do. Write their name down. Write it down. Maybe it's two people. Maybe it's three people. Write their names down. Put it on a piece of paper. Maybe put it on your phone. I don't know. But put it on a piece of paper. Put it somewhere you're going to see it. Maybe stick it in your Bible and open it up for your daily Bible readings, which if you're not doing that, do that. (laughs) Open up God's Word and begin in prayer. God, use me and send me into the lives of these people. Lord, humble their hearts that they can hear your Word of salvation and receive it. If it's through me, then Lord, let it be through me. See, if you pray like that, Lord, use me. Lord, pray for these, you know, these people around me. If nothing else, it's going to change your attitude about life. It's going to change your perspective. I believe the way that you pray can change your perspective about what your purpose is in this life. And I believe your purpose is to make his name known to the ends of the earth. When we go back full circle four weeks ago, if you were here, we were out in the field for our rally day for the kickoff. Remember what I preached to you that day, if you were here? I said, this is the deal. Our eternal God stepped into this world and he took on flesh and blood in the person of Jesus Christ and he moved into your neighborhood. (laughs) And he wants to live with you and be with you because he's for you and he wants to be with you. You've received life from him. You've received forgiveness from him. It's how you operate on a daily basis. The sweet sap of the vine, Jesus Christ, is dripped into you like an ivy. That life is then lived out with one another, for one another, and then with the community and for the community till the ends of the earth here of the good news of Jesus Christ. My friends, you are alive in Christ. Live in such a way. In his name. Amen.